The Raw Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast. I'm Brett McKay. Irish Six Nations celebrations continue, as we'll hear very shortly. And the Chiefs and Brumbies have extended their unbeaten starts to Super Rugby Pacific. And your place for the biggest and best rugby discussion is theraw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. Brilliant chat with Ryan Lonigan last week, and he was excellent again in the ACT sides. Big win in a crazy game in Canberra on Saturday night, and plenty of people have got him World Cup bound already as well. Joining me this and every week, and not for the first time in pod history from the very happy streets of Dublin, the emerald-eyed and slightly bleary-eyed Harry Jones. Hello, mate. How's it, Brett? Yes. Grand Slam winners again, but this time at home in Dublin. I was there. Johnny Sexton's first point scored made him the highest point scorer in Six Nations history, supplanting yeah, right. uh, Ronan O'Gara. So the crowd was, you know, obviously hopping. But I would say this, uh, sort of halfway through the match, a nervous crowd. England did, yeah. did come to play and they did everything you're supposed to do. They just lost, uh, you know, their best back. So from that point on, it was a coronation and the, the stadium turned into a disco. I'm going to tell you right now, a middle-aged, <laughs> it was a middle-aged pumping nightclub. <laughs> and because the game started at five, it was perfect. So like the, the nightclub was going yeah. at 7.30 and then no one left the stadium for two hours, by the way. Oh, fantastic. Now, yeah. I sit, we sent you to Dublin with one express job. Did you find Mac Hansen? Yeah, we talked. Uh, he was on the field. He was. It was during the match. We talked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was manning the, the right wing hey, right next to me. Come on the pod. <laughs> uh, everyone loves Mac Hansen. I would say he's he's kind of a crowd favorite, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's not at all surprising. That's entirely in line with the Mac Hansen that, that I know. Um, Another great guest this week, mate. Let's get straight straight to them. Our first return guest from last season as well, and he's been as prominent as he's been dangerous to teammates as his side finds their Super Rugby groove. The Raw Rugby Podcast. It's back to the pod's Brisbane studio we go, and from where it's a very warm welcome back to the Raw Rugby Podcast to the man with the most lethal left-to-right pass in Super Rugby, Queensland Reds, number eight, Harry Wilson. Hello, mate. Welcome back. How are you? Yeah, no, very good. I uh, feel pretty honoured to be uh, welcome back to my second second episode on here. So thanks for having me. Very good. Yeah, your first ever returning player, I think. That's a that's an absolute honour, mate. There you go. It is. No, I beat, beat a few other good players here. So, yeah, no, it's, it's great. <laughs> now, let's, are, your teammates, let's... are your teammates calling you the Falconer yet? Is that <laughs> I was going to say, you, you very <laughs> nearly killed Fraser McWright, mate. We need to address the elephant in the room straight away. Yeah, no. Obviously, that wasn't uh, wasn't our finest moment, which made it a bit worse. I'm pretty sure I dropped the ball, the phase before, and then they kick, kick the touch, and I throw it into Fraser's head, and I'm like, oh, it's just cop it from left, right, and center at that point. I just wanted to dig my own I just re- the field and hide. I I just rewatched it just before we came on, and I can't I can't underplay this. It hit him square in the face. <laughs> like... I don't know what he was doing. His hands were at his knees, but. Yeah, no, we yeah. um, it was quite funny after we gave each other a hug and moved on. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Glad to hear it. Very glad to hear it. We start in the same place we do this week and the same place we did last year as well, mate. What stood out for, for you from the, from the weekend's action? What really grabbed your attention this weekend? Yeah, well, I guess, um, also, I guess with our game, I was um, 
just really happy with us to get to get a good result there in the end. It's um, when you versus Fiji draw, uh, you always know that it's going to be a very attacking game, and a lot of a lot of points will be scored. So um, I know I know not everyone was very pleased with our performance, like a part of, in the group. But I guess for me to uh, to get the win against Fiji is one you just got to tick off because they're they're a very dangerous team, and like what we saw last week being Crusaders, um, yeah, you cannot be taking them lightly at all. It was awfully bloody hot in Canberra this weekend. I can't imagine what it was like in Brisbane on Sunday afternoon, late in the game. Yeah, no, normally we're, we're pretty stoked when we saw we had an Arvo game early on in the year. Normally think it would help us, but when you're versing PT Drill, who are used to more humidity and more heat, yeah. I can't say it was helping us too much. Uh, yeah, that was one of the first games I just a few minutes ago. I was completely out on my feet there, and I'm pretty sure about three or four of our backs were all cramping, and so Fraze had to move into the centres, which um which says something about the heat. <laughs> yeah, and for his troubles, copped a ball to the face. Uh, Dublin, Harry, what did you? Um, I I almost I'm almost scared to open up this can of worms, but what stood out for you on the weekend? Oh yeah, and before I jump that, I wanted to say Harry, you do look a lot fitter and quicker this season, so you know that's good. But um, I was thinking that if you could the Moana Pacifica and Drew. And you combine them as a team, well, that team would win yeah. Super Rugby. I mean, first half Moana <laughs> Pacifica, yeah. second half, you know, um, in, in Dublin, I would say things that you get from being at a match versus um, things that you see on TV. Watching Jamie George before the match hit the crossbar seven times in a row from twenty meters away with perfect uh, relaxed spirals—that's pretty cool to watch. Yeah. To watch yeah. uh, Sexton and Farrell meet each other at, at on the fifty and exchange a few words. Uh, you know, wondering what they're really saying. Um, <laughs> I, I think uh, some of the drills are interesting. Mauro Itoje was literally copying Yako Piper's drill as a, just to stitch him up. Uh, you know, Yako Piper has, <laughs> has a very serious pre-match ritual. And that's that's ballsy. <laughs> that's ballsy. That's what that is. <laughs> he got the first penalty of the game too, so yeah, maybe. Um, I do think like during the match, uh, listening to the sweet uh, swing low, sweet chariot trying to get started and then getting drowned out by the the fields of Athenry was pretty cool. I really enjoyed yeah. that moment. Every every single time they tried to do the chariot, the Athenry won every single time, and it was yeah. great to be there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I had to. Um, I got I got a I got a big laugh um, out of a, an online comment on the weekend referring to the Highlanders Western Force game, which preceded the uh, the Queensland uh, Drua game as well, and it was played down in Invercargill, so the Highlanders were in their maroon. Um, their, their, their second jersey and the Western Force are playing in the black and gold hoops, the Western Australian colours this year. And uh, very quickly, the comment was made: is, "Comment was made, is this back to MPC? Is this Southland against Taranaki?" And it <laughs> sort of, kind of fitted in with how the game played at some time. So it was a, it was a funny one. Um, Harry Wilson, how, how are you describing your first month? It's been a bit up and down for you guys, hasn't it? You were. You know, you would have been frustrated against the Hurricanes in round one. You had a big win over the Force. Uh, obviously, got done by the the Brumbies in in Canberra last week. Good win against the Drua. Where 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 are you rating yourselves after a month? Yeah, uh, I guess very inconsistent to put it one way. But um, <laughs> I guess we're we're pretty disappointed with uh, round one against Hurricanes. Um, obviously, there's no better way to start the year against a Kiwi team and at home up at Townsville um, was very disappointing for us. So. That one, um, yeah, was a terrible start for us. But then I felt like the last few weeks we've really started to build into the season. Um, we really felt like we let one slip against uh, Brumbies because uh, the game yeah. was really there. It felt like we had that momentum in the second half and 
we thought we really should have. Um, well, I guess we probably really let one slip there. So that was a bit disappointing. But I guess sitting two wins, two losses is kind of reflecting on how, how we've played. So, um, yeah, it was just key to get that win on the weekend to, I guess, get another win. You just got to the start of the season, just as many as you can get early um, really helps you in the back end run. Yeah. What's 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 working really well for you? Um, well, it feels if, especially the first few games, our, our back line's been, been lethal. We've always said that yeah. um, as a forward pack, if we can try and get them some, some decent ball, um, they're, they, they're, they're ridiculous with some of the firepower of Geordie at the back and he's just been putting some clinics out there. So I guess for us, uh, our line out and Moores has been showing a bit of improvement, which uh, was pretty shaky in the first couple of rounds. So that's something we've been really trying to put a lot of work in and it was quite good on the weekend to get a bit of pain because... Um, that just really, I guess, laid the platform for our backs and then they could attack well from there. Mm. So, mm. Yeah, and, and Fiji, like the, the, the Drews are, are a hard game at the best of times because, you know, you you can sort of have an idea of what's coming, but when you get out in the middle there, you've got no idea what the, what's coming at you. Like everything that you've played out could just be completely thrown out the window. So they're, they're a hard game to try and match up against, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They just do... The, everything you expect exactly, they just did the opposite. Like I think Frank Lamani <laughs> uh, tapped it on his own line, quick tap when I got a penalty, tried to cross wheel kick off a scrum, just and their tap moves are um, taking a bit of, I guess, probably been watching a bit of Leinster play for their little tap moves they have, but um, it's a different way of playing footy where every team wants to go there rolling more. They treat their tap moves as a set piece there. So, um, yeah, as you say, it's, a, it's one of the toughest games to play against Fiji and um, yeah, we're just ruptured to beat them, as you see uh, how tight it was there at the end. Harry, uh, the, a lot of the teams nowadays do use an eight to return kickoffs. Um, and for the most part, the, the eight just trucks it up. I mean, you have a really good off-the-back fence move on that. But I've also seen guys like Greg Aldrich and others in Six Nations, they're actually trying to do link. They're trying to link to the backs. Uh, and with your lethal back line, are you trying to do more of that, like, you know, a few more tip-ons, a few more, you know, offloads, that kind of thing? Yeah, I guess that's definitely something which which I want to keep keep trying to work on in that way of being a good link with the backs. I think someone in our team like Fraser McWright, that's one of his real real good strengths. He's been a linkman uh, with the back line and really uh, just, I guess, either be on someone's hip or look for the post, post-tackle offload there when he has the ball. But, um, yeah, it's something which, which you... I guess the more games you get in, the bit fitter you feel, the more you can kind of, I guess, have a bit better work rate to be there as options with the, the backs. But, um, yeah, I think yeah, you see someone like Gregory Aldridge doing, he's, he's, he's unreal with it. He's, uh, he's, he's everywhere on the field, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, that's definitely something I want to keep trying to work on. Do you see that's someone a good like point about, It's a good Sorry, point mate. coming from fitness, though. That's the ultimate confidence when you know you're fit enough. You look a little bit more lean, not not just on the field, but even on your face. Uh, as I'm looking at you right now, what are you doing? The eating differently, uh, different workouts. What's what's happening there? Um, yeah, well, I'm trying to, I guess, stay pretty disciplined this year. As you know, it's a big year, and you want to be a part of as much food as you can. So, I guess for me, I'm just uh, yeah, probably diet's been a little bit better, but just been trying to do a lot more. I guess what bikes. Um, like off the field, the when we we're at Wallabies, we had uh, the Waratah SNC was there. Uh, for for a month, I think, and he he was really he's really big into what bikes is doing some extra conditioning, which doesn't actually I guess make you any sore. So that's something I kind of did when I was with him there and brought it back to Reds this season. Do you look at someone like uh, you know Pete Samu or even you know uh, 
Adi Sabia, even when he's playing a bit of eight, who seem to have that little bit of ball playing in them as well. Pete, Pete Sami throws, you know, a 15-metre pass to put Andy Muir head away in the corner um, on, on Saturday night. So, you know, there's there's plenty of guys around that you can pick things up from. Yeah, exactly. You see, he's one of the best examples there. He's Pete. He's, uh, he's an number eight, but he's probably one of the most skillful people that uh, plays in the Brumbies team and around Australian rugby. And um, I think as, as an eight, you have to have a lot of different variety of skills. And mm. um, that's something which, yeah, you can't just always do the same thing. You got to have that bit of variety, which I guess when you when you throw those, say, example, what Pete does, throw the big cutouts or short balls, then that makes him a lot more lethal when he does carry because I guess people aren't sure what, what he will do because yeah, when yeah. you're versing Pete, he's a, he's a very – he does every game he plays doing something different. He's, um, he's great to watch and great to burst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and if he goes to if he goes to France next year, then that's one less obstacle in your way potentially as well. So <laughs> um, now, look, Tom Lyon has got the the rave reviews for his his couple of starts of the season. Um, James O'Connor has been really good since he come back. Oh, I reckon he's looking as sharp as he has done in in years. What sort of lift has he given you guys since he since he returned properly? Yeah, Rabs has been he's been great since he's come back in. He he um had a bit of an up and down preseason, not being able to I guess train too much, and uh, I think it was really good for him his first couple of games being being off the bench and being able to manage his way in. Where I guess when you have a really good replacement like Tom, who who played really well in the first three games there too, but because uh, I guess in the past we've just throwing rubs in for 80 minutes week in week yeah. out, and that's what's really I guess burning him out as the season's going on. So as Good that he, I guess, had a few warm-ups before he got thrown the hot seat on the weekend. And I know he's just a really calming influence for us. He, we know uh, he's got such a big voice in our team. And when he's out there, we all feel feel nice and safe when you have him because he's always telling us what to, what to do. And, uh, yeah, he's just a smart footballer. And I guess he's 32. He's been around for quite a while. So, um, yeah, we do feel it's always good when he's out there running. And it seems like he's got a bit more flair back too. I do agree with that. He's, he looks a bit like, like a young Rabs at the moment. <laughs> and that's it, Harry. Harry, Josie, like he's only 32. It feels like he's been around for 25 years, but that sort of speaks to the fact that he started playing when he was 12, I suppose. Yeah, he was one of those original guys who started so young. He, and I think he could have played for three different countries. He's always been one of the most skillful Australian yeah. rugby players, in my opinion. He's brave. I mean, I, I was, Harry, the other week when uh, was it Darcy Swain just smashed him into the oh, oblivion. Yeah. And he was up in a splash and, uh, and was on the break. I couldn't believe that. It was That was vintage James O'Connor. Just does not – yeah, doesn't lie down. Talk to us about um, Josh Fluke, mate. He's he's really taken – feels like taken several steps up this year, not just not just one. He's he's really grabbed hold of the, the 13 there. Yeah, it's been awesome to see. I guess uh, it's no surprise for anyone who's played with him and been around yeah. the red setup for a while. He's uh, – I guess for he's been really building over the last couple of years. He's had a few bit of bad luck with a few shoulder surgeries, but uh, he's really started to grow into his body. He's always been a bit of a lighter frame, but geez, you can't tell when he plays. His um, his defense is one of he's the best defender I reckon yeah. in, in the comp. If you run at him, he he and everyone runs at him because he's skinny and small. He looks he, small, um, yeah. He yeah. cracks him. And then he, but he, the thing this year, his attacks really are growing a leg. He's always been a good defender, but. He's really offering us a lot more, running those good lines, good good linkmen for the wingers, always passing yeah. it to them when it's on. Otherwise, uh, there's some hard carries there. So that's no, been great to see. He's a great man, Josh. So, um, yeah, it's great to see him, I guess, progress yeah. so well this year. And, 
Yeah, and he took that off offload from you. I'm going to call it an off offload because it was better than just a simple offload. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. When after it, I was like, I'm pretty sure I got hit when, when I was in the tackle. I was offloading and I watched it on the big screen. I was like, how did I do that? <laughs> so, uh, Doc, Doc said I owe, owe him a beer for costing him a try too. <laughs> just going to roll over and I'll throw it over his head. Just claim the try assist and move on, mate. That's how you do it, isn't it? <laughs> what's the what's the expectations from here? Obviously, you'll you'll be hoping that you get a few tight forwards back, particularly. You've been a little bit light on there. I don't think it's um, unfair to, to say that. So what's the expectations over the, the next month, which is actually pretty tough, as I as I mentioned. What you guys have got Rebels this week in, in Melbourne, then Crusaders, Brumbies. Moana Pasifika as well. Um, that's what's at the weekend after Easter. So, yeah, you've got a you've got a tough tough month ahead. Yeah, no, it's really exciting. I guess um, you touched on that. I think we'll get Angus Blythe back in the next few weeks, which will be really good for us. He's obviously an experienced member of our team and uh, just does all the, I guess a lot of the stuff no one sees. So um, it'd be great to get him back. But it's such an exciting month ahead when you have start this week at Rebels, but then two home games against, I guess, one of our arch rivals, Brumbies, and then Crusaders. Mm. So, um, yeah, well, that these next months really going to show show you where we sit in the competition and, I guess, how, how far we can go this year because, um, yeah. I guess, for us, we penciled it down. We wanted to have a good start to the year, but we knew this block coming was going to be really important. So, no, we're all super excited for it. Yeah, yeah. It feels like you can really set your season up from, from here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, it's, we've got to bide a good time. We've got to bide mm. after eight games. So uh, if we can get a good few wins the next few games and uh, against some quality opposition, it's really going to be able to build on that in the back end of the year. So, um, yeah, it's super exciting. It's great to have those two games uh, in the middle at Suncorp too. Uh, back at home there, you can't beat it. So, But then again, we've got Rebels this week who have been, been great to watch. I've loved watching them play. footy. So it'll be great to person. Yeah, yeah, and we'll, and we'll get on to them very shortly. Has it been? You've mentioned a couple of games back in back at home now. You you played first round in Townsville, but you've only just played your first game in Brisbane in round four. Like that's has that been a weird feeling? You've been training at home obviously for for a month, but you've haven't played there. Yeah, honestly, it's been been so weird. We our two trial games were away too, so we've yeah, um, right. we've honestly felt on on the road traveling traveling each week so i mean a few of the boys like i don't know it's like waking up in our own bed on game day and being around family <laughs> found it weird so uh yeah when you when you're traveling for a few weeks you definitely get to know all the boys boys a lot better but i think everyone appreciated uh waking up in their own bed and not uh not probably me snoring with fraser or something <laughs> besides uh besides suncorp what's your favorite stadium or a couple of favorite stadiums you've played in uh, well, I guess you can't be playing at Eden Park. I've always always loved loved playing there with that that atmosphere and I guess the whole stadium black and all hate you. There's nothing better than that. Um, <laughs> and probably the the Townsville Stadium. It's actually it's an unreal yeah, stadium. Right. I don't, I'm not sure if you guys have been up there, but it'd be a great place to watch footy too. But it's open, little breeze coming through, and that's uh, great. Rugby. On the roar, Harry. What sort of changes have you noticed this year out on the field in, in the law variations? Obviously, you're, you're having to get to lineouts quicker. You're having to pack scrums quicker. So, you know, what sort of things have you really noticed that you've got to work on? 
Uh, uh, firstly, I think the, the new rules have been so good for the game. Playing, yeah. playing the game, you're under genuine fatigue this year where in the past uh, at a scrum you'd actually get a break and line outs, but you're getting rushed every scrum. You can't just use that like, uh, 30 second. They're so strict with it. So um, just, yeah, genuine fatigue. Like I've never seen so many people in the last 10 minutes of games being out on their feet where mm. um, so it's just, I guess some games are a battle of nutrition of who's got the most... Uh, players on the field with, I guess, healthy enough leagues to push on at the end. And that's why, I guess, even the few games are a lot more high-scoring high, high scoring games because there's a lot more errors and missed tackles now. And I guess I've, I've just really liked the, um, especially the line-out 30 seconds because a lot of times yeah. in the past people get in huddles, the props would walk in, tell the hooker, walk in, and you just waste a minute of the footy there. But now it's you generally have to sprint in or it's going to be a free kick. So... It's been a great change, and I think Super Rugby really needed that too. So is that something that you guys have had to work really hard on around your calls to make sure they're clear and so that you know that in the 73rd minute when you're absolutely buggered and you're cramping up and all that sort of stuff that you're still making the right calls? Is like, is that something you've had to work on? Yeah, well, I guess we've, as a team now, because we've thought of different ways about about it. So we've got like the odd call where someone says something and everyone kind of knows what the call is. So let's just say since Rabs is Jimmy, everyone knows mm. it's, a say, a six-minute line-out and then we just call in. Because in the past, you, you go to the 10 or the 9, you wait for them, say it's a five-minute line-out and it's all quick, but now you've just got to rush there. So um, we've had to find little ways around that to, I guess, have a quick tempo so we can get going because... Um, the last thing you want on your own board, have a free kick to the opposition. Yeah, yeah, particularly when you're giving up, you know, potentially attacking territory. Has it has it led to different sorts of training? Like, are you, are you having to do different sort of, um, you know, fitness training particularly so that you can go a bit deeper in games? Oh, not not really. Probably the biggest thing is just we've, we've probably the water breaks at training has been the main thing changing because uh, now you generally, the water only comes in once or twice a half where, in the yeah. past, you swear like, there were so many stoppages and at scrums yeah. you'd pretty much get water breaks. Where now you sometimes you're 25 minutes in, you haven't had a drink of water, and you're like, "What the? What's happening here?" So that's probably the one thing we changed. Where we're going drill to drill rather than just drill to the water. That's otherwise, I guess the no, not too much else has really changed training wise. It's actually interesting that the Harry, the what I've been watching is um, like in the Six Nations, I've seen a lot of the of the uh, the play there and the way that the hooker and the prop are talking on the way to the line out is different yeah. they're running together instead of instead of the guy strolling up and doing this is there some advantage or edge now that you perceive like when you go against a team that you think maybe a little bit less fit are you trying to max them out is that something intentional or, or is that how it works uh yeah well i guess uh depending who who you're versing is a different say when you verse fiji I guess for us, if anything, we're trying to slow it down and use use every every yeah. bit of the clock to your advantage. But as we like to think, we're a pretty fit team. So against that's probably the only team we actually generally do try and slow it down. But same when we versus Brumbies, our our whole I guess game plan is to keep the ball in and just play footy, and then at line outs be quick yeah. in and out because we know how much they love love their set piece and slowing the game yeah. game down and getting back to their structures. So. Um, it, it has it has changed that that a bit with uh, with it all rush there, but no, it's been good. What what about your scrum, mate? Is, is how how much work have the tight five done particularly to, to try and speed up their their sequence a little bit? Yeah, it's it has been a lot quicker because a hooker we normally have a little huddle with the hooker in the past, and then 
and would talk about what we do. But now it's just simple. Just give he'll give me a call straight away what he wants, whether we're going to keep it in or just go quick ball. And then it's just he's just got to get set because uh, I think twice in, in the trial games we're playing those free kicks from like not being set quick enough. And, and I feel for the, yeah. the the front the front rowers, it'd be I could not imagine going from all the doing all the work around the field and thirty seconds straight into a scrum. But um, anyway, that's why that's why they're on the big bucks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, true. Uh, the the rebels this weekend. What, what what have you made of them? You said before that you've you've really enjoyed watching them this year, and I think we're all in the same boat there. They've just been an absolute joy to watch this year. Yeah, no, I've loved watching them in the past. I guess they've always played a pretty slow, slow brand South African mm. type of style of football where they're really just trying to kick. But this year it's been, I guess, from Carter Gordon, who's been been carving up, but just playing off the 10, spreading width edge to edge. And uh, then they've, their back rollers have been so good for them, getting stealing ball yeah. frequently throughout the game, which has helped them go edge to edge. And that's um, it's been a joy to watch because they've really, I guess, changed their their attacking identity and it's been very effective mm. for them. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Six Nations, you mentioned you've, you've been keeping an eye on it fairly well. How, how much have you been watching over the last, what's it been, six or seven weeks? Yeah, infrequently, but I, I love watching France play. They're obviously, they're, they're one of the best teams to watch with their style of footy and um, then also England, you, you can't help but not to watch, watch them play, even though it hasn't been probably as enjoyable as watching them in the past, but um, yeah, I, I love just tuning in there. It's such such good footy. You love seeing all the passion, passion there in the full full crowds. And I couldn't imagine being over in Dublin on the weekend. It would have been would have been spectacular there. Uh, here we go. <laughs> now, Harry. Uh, so it's interesting. The French are always seen as the flair team, but like for instance, when they beat England, they kicked forty two times. Um, the intelligent use of kicking. Maybe even more important now because there's just no way to really against a set defense. It's hard to go twenty phases, you know. So you're going to kick some somewhere in there at some point. Um, have you been watching how they've been doing that? Um, and you look at Greg Aldridge for in particular on how much of a kick returner he has become. Yeah, I guess they they use him. They use him in many ways, Greg, and especially. The way the amount of kicks which happens in Six Nations—that's why I guess such an effective way of them using him like that. And um, yeah, but I think the as you say, like they're such an attacking team, but they kick forty odd times a game or whatever. We're pretty sure there's a there's a stat which goes around which the team who uh, kicks the most in the games is like a seventy or eighty percent like win ratio or something. So it's quite funny. Like even though they play probably the best style of footy, that you have to actually kick, and it's the smart kicks the the attacking kicks yep. which are so effective. Yeah. Have you have you picked up things off any of the, the northern northern hemisphere back rows uh, this this year particularly? Uh yeah, well, I guess the Aldred's probably been the main one I've tried to watch due to his just been in some seriously good form for I guess a fair mm. few years now. But uh, I guess for me it's just his probably sheer sheer work rate and just every yeah. every carry he he gets just post contact meters and He's, a, he's a, as you said before, he's a, he's a link back roller too. He's got good hands and he's got a good offload on him. So mm. uh, it's just just trying to watch and just just watching for pure enjoyment and first mm. firstly, but also when you're just watching, uh, it, you can always see and get some little tips from it. That's for sure. What's his past like? Does... Has he tried to kill someone this year? 
<laughs> he does, uh, does have a little two meter short one to his mate on the right that's for sure <laughs> yeah he has to work on his falcons no but he also takes lineup ball do you i forget do you actually take much lineup ball are you are you handy at the back there yeah i'm at the not too frequently because i'm only in the six or seven men lineouts, and i think we do mainly five but i'm at the back of yep. um the line there so i like i like it when they call me because i don't have to do any lifting but um, no, they normally, <laughs> normally leave to the second row. And, uh, but yeah, I'm an option there at the back, which is something which I actually have had to work on in the past. I, I back in school and under twenties, I really didn't jump much, so that's something I've really tried to work on. Which uh, I felt I've got some good improvement, and it's a lot nicer when you go into lineout training, confident in your skill set, because in the past <laughs> you just try and hide it. It was terrible. You said you sound like a scrum half talking about scrums, mate. <laughs> what what about what's coming up this year? I mean, and you you've said you've you've watched plenty of the Six Nations. Is it is it hard not to think about what's what what is coming up later in the year and rugby championship, World Cup, and all that sort of stuff? Is it hard to hard to compartmentalize things? Yeah, I, I guess so. I've I guess for me, it's just really just trying to really focus on the red season because. I guess firstly, I don't yeah. know if I'll be there. So, and I, I think in the past, I've, I've probably thought about what's happening at the end of the year probably a little bit too much, rather than I guess what's happening in the next mm. week. And I guess for me, it's just been yeah. If I perform each week in, week out, I know I will be there. So I'm just trying to really focus on that. But it's super exciting for just rugby in general for knowing you've got such a big year here in Super Rugby and straight into Rugby mm. Championship and then to a World Cup. And that's something I. You, you want to be a part of. So um, it definitely gives you more reason every day to get out of the bed and try and get better as a footy player. And then, yeah, Lions tours and things like that coming up as well. Like it's it's actually a really exciting couple of years when you think about it like that. Yeah, no, exactly. It's um, it's great for Australian rugby with, I guess, the next the next five years is you've got the yeah. Lions, the Home World Cup. It's, um, I guess, rugby in Australia has probably been the back burner for, for quite, quite a while. So... Hopefully this year, a very successful year for Wallabies and Len Leading, so that could be a, a great, great time ahead. Could well be. Have you have you had conversations with, with Eddie Jones yet? Did you, how how deep into, your, into his list did you get? <laughs> um, yeah, I've spoken to him. Like, was just saying to his list. Or, <laughs> yeah, or yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's listed in Melbourne. How, how, who, who printed it out to see where they were on the, in, the, in the change rooms? Who did it? Name names. <laughs> I reckon he probably deliberately got someone to take a picture of that. That was quite, that was quite funny. It, had, it, it has been <laughs> suggested the that it was was Marty Cambridge with a smartphone behind him, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I've, I guess I've spoken to him a couple of times and it's been, it's been positive for me. It's just, um, it's just kept it very simple of what he wants from me and I guess it's just what he, he'd want from, I guess, any of his number eights of just a good work rate and just trying to be dominant in everything you do, so... It's been it's been nice to hear from him, and uh, I guess he gives you he challenges you and gives you a bit more motivation to I guess really push and every game perform. So because you know he's watching. Yeah, and it's been said that he'll know he knows all the players. Yeah, no, he um, yeah, I don't know how much footy he must watch. He must watch a lot, but he um, yeah, he he knows knows a lot of and remembered some some games in the past and stuff which you wouldn't even have a clue that he'd be uh, he'd be. Uh, yeah, watching back then when he was over in England and stuff. But no, it was it was great to I guess I guess hear from him and um, you could see how 
just just talking to him how how uh, I guess how intelligent he is with rugby and yeah. he really had a different point of view uh, on some different areas which I found really interesting and um, something I, I guess I hope I can learn more from him. How, well, just just from the from that brief conversation, did you see any differences between Rennie, Dave Rennie, and him that you could I don't know maybe have a fresh start? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I guess the thing which I I took away from it was uh, he, he things which I thought I was good in my, my game. He he backed that, and uh, it was more he's just what I was good at. Really wanted me to keep trying to be dominant in those areas, and um, which I which I found quite quite good as a player. To, I guess be reassured that he does think I'm good in those areas, and gave me a bit of confidence. But then challenges me to get better, and then, and and obviously your work wants to keep working on. Yeah, it seems like Eddie always liked the number eight that was a gain line monster. I mean, he stuck with uh, Billy Bonapola through thick and thin because he thought he could stop someone on the goal line and he could get over the gain line when there was nothing on. Um, so does that that seems like it's one of your strengths, right? You're you're good in contact. You like contact. You you don't seem to mind getting in there. Yeah, yeah. I guess um, yeah. As as any number eight really really should is I guess our our job is to try and I guess get the team's gain line and. Um, yeah, you, you want to be one of the dominant forward carries in the team. And uh, I know, yeah, obviously in the past, he's always liked a, the big number eight, like uh, Billy and um, oh, probably don't remember who the other ones are. But um, yeah, so for me, it's just I mean, he stuck, he stuck with back to, yeah, he's, yeah. Yeah, he was there. As long as I've watched England play, he was the eight. So. But uh, yeah. yeah, so for me, it's just, which I think is one of my strengths, is, is carrying hard and trying to get the team game line. So that does give me... I guess a, a bit of hope there. Now, if I keep doing what I do, it'll give me a good opportunity. Yeah, no doubt. Well, mate, look, uh, best of luck with it. Um, we, we, we just wish you all, all the best for the the rest of Super Rugby with the um, with the Reds, and and then obviously into the Rugby Championship, and and, and fingers crossed for for World Cup. It's been great to have you back, mate. Um, you you're in. You've started the season pretty strongly, so um, just just carry on, and you know what will be will be after that. Right, thank you very much. Cheers for having me. Look forward to next yeah. next season. Good luck. The roar. Harry, great to have Harry Wilson back on the pod. He's um, he's it, it feels like it feels to me like he's uh, he's enjoying his football again. Like he's got a bit of a smile on his face. Like he did he did drill one into Fraser McBride's face on the weekend, but he was also <laughs> quick to have a bit of a laugh about it. So you know he's. He's got the deadly offloads and everything going this year, but he's enjoying his footy and he's and he's playing pretty well at the moment. He's such a good guy. So you like you want good guys like that to succeed. Um, I've always thought for him it's about getting that swagger, that confidence, um, you know, just being the bully on the block. Because I think he has all the skills. I think he's yeah, and he's quicker. He's quicker now off the mark. Uh, it's clear when you look at his breaks now. He's really got some speed. So this is good. Yeah, no, it's, it's been it's been really good to watch to watch him. Um, how how has it been your weekend in Dublin? Tell us tell yeah. us about it. So Ireland's a funny place, right? It's it's had a history of famine and um, poverty, and you know it's not really been a, a country that's um, that's pushed people around or or been proud or arrogant. You know, I think most of the stories and poems and songs of Ireland are about deprivation and mm. and losing and uh, going away and oh Danny boy and the fields of Athenry. The fields of Athenry is about a man who steals uh, something to feed his family and is sent off to Australia as a convict. And um, you like you look at this now where they're clearly the number one team in the world. I mean, all debates aside, 
all metrics, all, you know, would it happen in a World Cup? We don't know that yet. But right now, at this point, they're number one. Mm. They're doing it different from the people. And it's just interesting to be in Dublin and, and catch the atmosphere of what it's like to have the best team in the world when you're 5 mm. million people. You haven't had a history of being number one in anything. Um, it's the best team of any sport in Ireland's history. Uh, you have the best player in their history doing it on the home turf. I mean, it's just almost, almost like a dream. I think Andy yeah. Farrell said it best. It's like a dream. Um, so that was fun just to walk around. And they're not an arrogant fan base. Uh, There's no triumphalism. It's They were nervous on the match match day. You know, they just yeah. said, oh, it'll just be just like England to come and spoil the party. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I find it endearing. It's it, They're nice people to be around, um, you know, this generalization. But sure, it's, I think it's pretty true that there wasn't this cockiness or anything. There was um, a genuine feeling of this is our time. Um, you know, the, the center of rugby right, right now is is in Dublin. That's yeah. where the best ideas are happening. They're getting people who are not physical specimens uh, to win. So it's not just about, you know, having the best players. Like the French, you can see they're packing their, their team with uh, speed and power and pace. The box sometimes can do that too. Just not have the perfect skills, but just kind of run over you. Ireland's doing yeah. it in a very, very uh, cerebral way. There's a lot of thought behind it. A lot of, uh, and so I, I would say walking around uh, Dublin, everyone's an expert now. It's like being in New Zealand where, you know, the granny <laughs> tells you, no, nah, they're not doing the scrum right. Now Ireland's that. People who'd never, yeah. you know, my Igor, my Russian driver is telling me, you know, the mole has to get better. So, yeah, right. Yeah. So, so what's the, was the feeling different this year to this time last year when you were over there? Like, is there, is there a different level of confidence and, and, and that's around the same? One of my most, you know, interesting uh, reflections is exactly that. Even in the four or five months elapse, they're starting to believe. They're, they're not yeah. wearing the, the the favorite crown very easily. I'll say that, but they are starting to think we really are this good. Like this could actually yeah, happen. Right. And I think part of that's because things happened this year that usually derail them: injuries, key moments, third string hooker throwing a ball in, uh, that kind of thing. And they would have folded before, and this year they're not. Uh, yeah, so they start yeah. to believe that they, you know, when they beat the French, I think that was the big turning moment. Yeah, I think, um, and by double figures too. So I think they're starting to think this year is their year. Um, the coaching team is very good at downplaying expectations. Uh, they're almost the best at saying, "No, no, we're still working on this, working on that." What are they working on? They beat everyone. So, yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. So, so what's the feeling around? Rugby World Cup because Ireland almost famously in what are we up to nine editions have never got past quarterfinals. Is there a feeling yeah. now that this time could be it? Yeah, well, so the Irish are famous for talking about luck, you know, go luck yourself, but uh, they are they're not confident about the yeah right, and, and they're on the so, tough side it, of the draw. To be fair. They, so they have to beat uh, New Zealand or they have to beat the French. So New Zealand at first, you know, you would think that's good because they've been doing it. But I think they're nervous about that, that New Zealand is coming for revenge. Um, yeah. And then... And, and, and what then better place well, for it than a World Cup? Yeah, so I think everyone, the feeling here, and I talked to a lot of people on um, on Saturday um, who, are, who are involved in the game here in, in Ireland, and they're very nervous about this, uh, this voodoo, this hex, but if there's ever been a time they say that we could overcome it, it's this year. So this yeah, is, right. that's the predominant feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You have a good weekend. 
It was good. You know, uh, Guinness is different here. It, it, um, it plays with your intestinal fortitude um, for at least 48 <laughs> hours. I went strong. Uh, I went steady. I, I, I followed a rule of only having two pints with every person I met. So, you know, that, that helped me, kept me under 20. Um, good, thing. <laughs> good thing there's only 5 million people in the country. <laughs> no, it's, very, it's a great town to walk around in. It's, it's, um, it's a, similar to Cardiff in that you can really walk up to the stadium. Everyone's yeah. doing it. And it's, it's a great way to spend uh, a couple hours walking to, walking fro. You um, have actually stayed in spitting distance to the Aviva. I, can, I, I literally can see the stadium from the window. Um, right. It's, it's bizarre, yeah. How was that for sleep on Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was, there was no sleep going on in Dublin uh, on Saturday night at all. Even though the game was an early start, five. Yeah. The, yeah, the town went pumping all night. Um, and then the debris, the detritus on Sunday morning was was unbelievable to behold. I went to brunch and I had to wade through just mounds of rubbish. Cans and stuff everywhere. Oh yeah. And rivers of rivers of Guinness just in the in the stormwater drains and all that too. Look, it, it was it was a quite an unbelievable performance. And and you know, Yako Piper has copped a bit of criticism for his red card decision on on freddie stewart but i think there has been so many exam examples of that tackle being a red card in the last even just in the last two or three years that that was always going to be red as soon as they talked them through themselves through the process and they couldn't find any mitigation it was always going to be red so i, I have to admit i don't really get a lot of the criticisms that, that's coming yako piper's way uh, if, if the criticisms of Yako are that he didn't do something according to the framework of the rules, that's ridiculous. He was just following. Yeah. I think the criticism is more about the rules themselves, the framework themselves, if they're yeah, too flexible. Be if, if Freddie Stewart was trying to go for the bouncing ball, and that was everything in that match, by the way. Whoever was get, collecting the loose ball was going to win that match. Yeah. And for a while, England, England was doing it. So I think he was doing what a fullback sweeper is supposed to do. Where's the ball going to go? And you have to react really quickly. In the moment of impact, you know, if you slow-mo it, it looks like, oh, he did something. I think full speed, it looks like he's just trying to kind of bail out of contact. So Yeah, and his, mis and his crowd, mistake in that situation was yeah, actually it, bracing and then con continuing high. That was that was his mistake. Exactly. Even people in the crowd in the Irish shed, that's a bit harsh. But I would say Jakob Piper, the decision is not controversial in the sense that, you know, did he, fought, did he break the rules? And by the way, Jakob Piper, you, you, you remarked to me during our WhatsApp during the match that, his accent seems to be evolving. It's yes. funny. I think he, he used to be called Yakur Piper, and now he's Jack Piper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got a he he's got a weirder, even more hybrid accent than you have now, mate. Like I was, yeah. that was the first time I'd really noticed it. I have to admit, I was like, that is not the Yakur Piper. Good, I know. Good schools, man. A chameleon. He's a good man. Yeah, he is. he's he's he very is. fun before the match. I was seeing, telling you his pre-match routine. He interacts with fans. He is a guy who likes to have fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you, I was said... I was trying to see him out in the pubs and see if we could catch Yako somewhere, but he was smarter this time. I thought he got in trouble <laughs> one time, but <laughs> he really is a good sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, he's a nice guy. Uh, we'll uh, we'll have to get in touch with his people and and, and get him on. It's um, it was certainly an interesting um, round of, of Super Rugby back here uh, and and you know and across the weekend as you can probably imagine. It's a really interesting round coming up as well. Round round five starting off on Friday. The Crusaders hosting. 
the ACT Brumbies in Christchurch. That's going to be an absolute ripping game. And then the one that follows it isn't going to be bad either. Uh, New South Wales Waratahs hosting the Chiefs in Sydney on Saturday. It's three games, the Highlanders and the Fijian Drua at, uh, in the afternoon game. Moana Pacifica back in Auckland hosting the Hurricanes and then the Melbourne Rebels uh, on Saturday night. That's going to be Blues and Western Force on Sunday afternoon. Uh, back in Auckland, rounds out um, the the week. Uh, URC and Premiership can get back into full swing now. That Six Nations is over. Everyone can go. Oh right, we're back into this again. So we'll just <laughs> that will all that will all carry on. So we'll uh, we'll we'll get into that a little bit more next week. Um, a little bit of news, mate, that has floated around for the weekend. Uh, Melbourne Rebels centre Reese Hodge is unfortunately looking at a significant stint on the sidelines. He's uh, required surgery for a really nasty broken finger uh, in their loss to the Chiefs uh, on the weekend. Uh, legendary mental skills coach Gilbert Anuka has announced that his time with the All Blacks will come to an end after this World Cup. He's been with the been with the All Blacks for twenty three or 24 years he was bought in in the very 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 late might have been bought in for the 99 world cup so he's been there throughout through about five or six different coaches so he'll be a, a big loss i think in the backroom staff for the all blacks going forward um black ferns world champion hooker luca connor um has welcomed the prospect of tackling the british and irish lions women on a new zealand tour there was a, a feasibility study was done uh, on that fairly recently, and and concluded fairly positively that it, that it, that it could well could well be be feasible. Um, Gregor Townsend, you might have seen, has said that he would be prepared to to extend his tenure as Scotland coach, and I think he's been really good for them uh, again since uh, since taking on. So uh, they ended um, their campaign with a really good win over Italy at Murrayfield on the weekend. Wales for regional teams can now begin to offer their players new deals. They finally introduce standard standard mm. contracts across the board that's a i think that's a big step going forward for them because otherwise as we've talked about in previous weeks this this flow of welsh players yeah. overseas and across borders is just going to continue uh in france the uh the french union uh will reportedly reveal the replacement for disgraced president bernard laporte in june so We'll see how that all plays out. Um, and then in South Africa, in, in your homelands, mate, the reigning champ, reigning Curry Cup champions, the Pumas, uh, maintained their dream start to the season with a, a pretty hard-fought win over the Lions in Imbabela Stadium in Millsbridge. So, you know, I, I genuinely love the Pumas winning the Curry Cup last yeah, year. Yeah, so you're... good. And if you're bored and you want to watch some very attacking rugby with high offloads, yeah, carry, watch the Pumas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Pumas and the Greekers last year was was absolutely fantastic. But mate, I think that is us done for episode fifty four of the Raw Rugby Podcast. Uh, don't forget, Harry and I are both on the socials, and sometimes Harry even responds when he's not partying in Dublin, as he has been this weekend. The five star ratings have just kept flowing in. We got this great review, mate, from. I'm just going to call him Def W because he's got a really long-winded um, username. <laughs> uh, you, you sent this review on Apple Podcasts on the weekend. He says, great combination makes a great pod. He says, I listen to a lot of rugby pods from around the globe, and this has to be consistently the best, particularly when they get a good coach on or a manager, have found those really enjoyable. I've thought about what makes things so good, and it's a combination. Brett steering, steering things along nicely, and then Harry coming in, 
with the unexpected and the unpredictable, tricking you into thinking that you might actually be the joker and then delivering the kind of insightful question that you really want to hear. One of my highlights of the week. So, Def W, thank you so much for that yeah. great uh, review. I like that one. That's, that's, a, a, that's, a, good that's one. a good one. Yeah, yeah that's, that's validation. A good one. I, I remember we were with Steve at Lancaster and he said, it's so rare when you're a teacher or a coach and you get some kind of feedback that's not just, ah, oh, you're shit. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, I, actually, yeah. that's quite nice to hear. And uh, yeah, yeah. keep it going. We will, we will keep it going and we will keep reading out your reviews if you leave them for for them. And they all do help keeping keeping the algorithms and the keep the boffins happy and all that sort of thing. So if you can if you can leave a rating or a ranking on your pod, pod platform of choice, then then please do. And don't forget as well to to like, follow, subscribe, and ensure that every new episode drops as soon as they're live. It is the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay, and Harry Jones every week on the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate home of all your favourite rugby analysis, opinions and conversations. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in your ears next week. Come play with us. (laughs) (laughs) Irish people make everything into a question.